The Adventures of Quinlan Cole. Book One, The Hollow Thought. He didn't want it to end. Not like this. Not in his dress blues. Not with a shot to the head. But he took an oath, long ago. and went like this. I, insert name, understand the inherent dangers in joining the Corps. I understand my mind will change. I will take full responsibility for those changes. And if I lose control, I will end my life. Long live the oath. If it seems like a big deal, it's not. Every man in his company took the oath. He's just the only one to survive long enough to see it through. What awaits him now is an honor, higher than any medal. Entry into the hallowed hall, or as his friends called it, the haloed hall. Truth is, he didn't think he'd ever make it to this point. Few do. He beat the odds. So, now comes his execution. Some hell of an honor. Quinlan Cole knew he wasn't supposed to touch the gun. It was his dad's old model, and sexy as hell. Smoke crystal barrel with an ivory grip. It was the only thing in the house he couldn't use. Dad kept it in the far corner of his bedroom closet, inside a box with a white oak leaf carved in its top. Dad kept it safe with an old combination lock. Don't ever use this, his dad warned him years ago. Never. Nothing but trouble comes of it. The guy who made it shouldn't have. So if I ever see it missing, you're going to catch some hell. Tough to catch hell, Quinlan said aloud, when you're not around to punish me. Quinlan sat cross-legged, underneath a couple sword ferns in the Silver Falls forest. The gun rested in his lap. He just loaded it with pellets and couldn't wait to fire it. Now about that gun. Firearms of any kind were prohibited in the area. It was federal property. While the penalties for such offenses were minor, he was still waiting to hear if he got into Fort Waldman, the single most selective school in the nation. And he knew this for a fact. Waldman doesn't accept cadets with any infractions even parking tickets. So why would he risk it? Easy. He was pissed. He stood alone inside the innermost chambers of Central Command. Antique furniture from the old days surrounded him. Fine pieces, too. Bentwood chairs and leather sofas, Persian carpets, a full-size mirror framed in gold leafing hung on a wall, and across from it, a bunch of books stacked on floor-to-ceiling shelves. There was also food, and good food at that. Dried cranberries, charcuterie meats, aged cheddar, and fine Pinot Noir. He picked up a bottle and read the label. Lang Vineyards Estate. Not bad. Someone took the time to pick out each item. Some lucky son of a bitch with the easiest assignment in the force. He chuckled at the spread before him. So often, he found himself hungry, strung out after long battles with little backup from the state. And now, before his end, they opened up the funds, sparing no cost, right down to the vintage of cheese. The irony, of course, was that this was the one day he didn't feel like eating. His stomach turned all morning long. He puked everything out, down to the yellow bile. That said, he uncorked the bottle and poured a small cup of wine. Food you can pass on. A drink? Never. He raised the glass toward the mirror. One last toast. Better make it count. 
Well, the old dog, he said, looking up at his reflection, look what it's come to. Here's to... Nothing came. His mind had fractured, split. The gears worn out. In truth, his brain had scrambled years ago. He hit it well, but not perfectly. The rage was simple to conceal. He could plaster over and repaint holes he punched into the walls at home, but the mundane actions stood out. He couldn't hide problems with his speech, the slurring, the disconnected thoughts. His head was something bad. At least, he told himself, he still had a perfect kill record. Anything he shot dropped. That's what kept him going as long as he did. He was the one with the gun. Or not the gun, but rather the Lasonite. It revolutionized the game. Telekinetic control. And he was one of the select few the metal compound reacted to. But gradually, like all those before him, exposure to Lasonite took too much. But right now, he couldn't fail. Too much time went into his plan. Years he'd have to achieve payback in order to get peace. Had to. Had to. Anyhow, speech continued to fail him. He lowered the glass and dropped his head. He couldn't even say goodbye to himself. He wasn't up to the simple task of stringing together a couple words. All he could do was stare at the large Persian carpet at his feet. And that's when he noticed the blood. The rain didn't quit. It was like that in the Northwest. Unrelenting. Constant. To keep Quinlan occupied, he watched small beads of water slide off the gun's hilt. The droplets rolled one after the other like little soldiers marching out of a plane in unison, paratrooping onto the ground without chutes. Suicide missions. As Quinlan stared, he thought back to all the crap that led him to this spot. See, the day before, he'd gone venturing to the exact same spot. It was only a couple miles from his house, and to get there, he always took the shortcut, trespassing through pastures of various properties marked in by barbed wire fencing. Quinlan was just stepping through a final fence, the one right near a cattle pond, when an animal, a big one, bolted from the grass. The animal zoomed into the forest. It followed a deer trail that Quinlan and most every other kid in the area knew well, for it was the only way in or out of Silver Falls that didn't drop you off a cliff. Quinlan let go of the fence and raced after the animal. It was the first of two mistakes he would make that day. You see, light died the minute you ran into Silver Falls Forest. Old-growth Douglas fir trees blocked out the sky. Okay, not completely black, but dark enough that your eyes needed time to adjust. That's why you should always pause for a couple minutes before going forward. Quinlan's father. Always correcting. Never complimenting. Quinlan was never much one for advice. He went full tilt into the forest. There was little to fear. He knew the trail by heart. He knew which branches hung low enough to clothesline a person. He knew which patches of moss-covered rocks were ready to waylay an ankle or a knee. He knew he could probably catch up to the animal within the first hundred yards of the forest. But what Quinlan didn't know was that the animal had stopped a couple feet from the entrance. Mistake number one. Or that the animal while it did have a jet black coat, also had two white stripes down its back. Mistake number two. Despite years in the woods, Quinlan had never come across a Moen. 
Now, this is the first one he ever looked square in the eye. Moans usually keep to themselves, and most had been hunted out for good reason. The military had bred the animals years ago and bred them big. Moans were a cross of several species, but mostly skunk and black bear. In the end, scientists had produced an animal that could hold its own against a giant pack of hounds or just drench them in stench. Moans had a water cannon for an ass. Now, there's all sorts of moves you can make when you come across an animal like a moan. You could shoot it, you could stand like a statue and hope for the best, or you could just hightail it the other way. Now, the one thing that won't help you out much is if you walk toward it, muttering encouraging words to its face as though it was your family pet. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. It's okay, Moan, he said. Stay calm. I'm not any sort of threat. I didn't mean to scare you. Direct hit. Quinlan reached for his face and frantically wiped at the viscous fluid. No luck. He got about three good blinks in before his eyes watered and he lost his footing. Then he stumbled over. Curse words flew. Watch your language, Quinlan. Dad again. Always with corrections. Damn it, always right. The curse words spooked the moan again. So it turned once more toward Quinlan, flexed its ass, and fired a kill shot. The liquid splattered against the side of Quinlan's head. What the hell, he thought. I didn't do anything to you. He didn't dwell on it. He'd been warned that a moan usually followed its shots with bites. The animal's jaw could bite through bone. And that's when Quinlan's body took over, overriding his brain. What's that thing called? Like fight or flight? Well, this was flying, albeit with busted wings. His feet and hands scratched, scrambled, and somehow forced him back up the trail and out of the woods. The heavy breathing caused the moan's butt juice to enter his mouth. It burned as it dribbled down his throat. Now, Quinlan quickly reached the pasture, and at the bottom of that was that shallow little cattle pond. But right now, it was just a dark blotch he could barely make out. He never thought a literal shithole would be his savior, but the Lord does work in mysterious ways, right? He stumbled toward it. On the bank, he rid himself of his top. Up and over his head went his jacket, followed by his flannel shirt. He didn't bother with his pants. He ran right into the water and dove down underneath the surface. It was frigid. He opened his eyes and blinked. He knew the water was brackish as all hell, but it was better than what currently covered his pupils. Thankfully, the turbid water felt soothing. The moan secretion slowly flushed away, and despite the lingering pain, Quinlan felt a moment of peace. Now, he was always natural in the water. My little water skipper. The only affectionate thing Dad ever told him. After scrubbing his neck and hair, he cupped handfuls of water to his nose. He tried to smell. No luck. Olfactory overload. Gradually, the pain and burning receded. His sight came back, but it was still blurry. So he just flipped over and floated on his back and looked up at the overcast sky. Gray. Just gray. Always gray, he thought. And that's life in West America. Never bright. Always muted. As he stared, he started to think about his current situation. Three thoughts came to him. One, basic training can't come soon enough. Two, my shooting needs work. Three, I know a perfect target. Quinlan floated until the clouds went dark, a sign that the sun was about to set. 
He fetched his clothes, still smelling like fresh death, and walked back to his place. Thank God it was close. He made it back in a short time, jogged up the front steps of the porch, and then knocked at the front door. His family never kept any of the doors locked. His parents said that if a robber ever made it all the way out to their place, they'd prefer if the thief not break a window. His mom opened the door a crack, took a look, took a whiff, and slammed it shut just as quick. Quick! Go around back, she yelled through the wood frame. Jesus, you smell like a corpse! Once in the backyard, she unlatched the kitchen window and flung out a bottle of apple cider vinegar, along with a bucket and a towel. Mix it with the water in the bucket and scrub, she said. Fine, he answered back. Anything else? Yes, you're grounded, she said. For what? For hunting animals you're not supposed to hunt. But, but I wasn't even hunting. That's such bullshit. She ignored his plea and shut the window. That just pissed him off more. Being grounded for something he didn't do was just what he said. Bull. God, you're so full of crap, Mom, he screamed. The window ripped open. That may be true, Quinlan Cole. But at least I don't smell like shit. He moved to the edge of the carpet, closer to the blood. He didn't believe it, but there it was. A dark splotch amid the weaving floral pattern. Please, please let it be in my head. He bent down toward it, moistened his finger with his tongue, and gently pressed it into the carpet. He returned his finger to his mouth taste of iron never lies. So the rumors were all true, he thought. He slid his hand down to the holster at his hip. He looked around the room. Everything was so perfect. Like, too perfect. Nothing in the service is this beautiful. Nor should it be. It's as if the room had some other purpose. And that's when everything clicked. It did. This was the simple way out a benevolent gesture for all their work. It was a way to end it in private, without the pageantry, without the final pronouncements of glory, without the premiere looking on, pursed lips and all. It was actually an act of kindness, cruel kindness, but then again, the only kind they knew. He looked across the carpet. Soon, more splotches came into focus. His eyes went from one to another. There were dozens of them each a safe distance away from the other. Soldiers, it seemed, were careful to end it on their own plot of land, however small it may be. He once wondered why some executions were called off. Now, he had the answer. What place would I pick? A far corner looked nice. There was plenty of space. He looked around again. That's when he noticed something odd. No soldier had picked the center of the carpet for there sat a pattern larger than the rest, a branch full of cherry blossoms, the symbol of both beauty and the fragility of life. No one wanted that symbol tarnished, even him. And that surprised him. He'd never been one for mopey stuff. He ambled over to the little corner patch and slipped his finger into the trigger. He took a couple deep breaths. He had to think it over. He stepped forward and kneeled down. His eyes closed, and he started to breathe. The therapist, he couldn't remember which one, taught him a trick to clean out his head. He'd take a deep breath in, 
picture himself inhaling a soft white light into his lungs. Then he'd picture himself exhaling out a yellowish air. He repeated this over and over again until the exhales came out as they came in, clear. Then he'd move to his head, this time a soft red light followed by a dark red sludge. Rinse and repeat. This day was different. This day, it didn't work. He couldn't focus. Not that you could blame him. He opened his eyes and saw himself. No, not in some enlightened state. It was his reflection. He was staring at that mirror on the wall. Enough, he thought. He imagined all the men before him who did the same. They were tired of coping. They wanted it to stop. Everything. He unholstered his gun, placed it to his temple, and put pressure on the trigger. This hit didn't require any skill. Anyone could do it. Suicide. The easiest shot in the book. <laughs> 